Hello. Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Happy post Mardi Gras, Simone. Yeah, I feel like I'm still kind of in that Mardi Gras fog, yeah. right? And How gotta, was the, the, the ride with Iris? I think uh, you had good weather, right? We did. We okay. did actually have Lucked very out. good weather. Um, it was it was warm, but it was overcast, so it wasn't too warm. It, the sun always shines on Iris. I remember you said that last mm-hmm. year. I'm it's glad true. it's true again this year. It's true. How was your Mardi Gras? It was really good. You know, I, it had been a while since I'd actually gone down to see Zulu and Rex. Oh, yeah. And so I was really feeling like doing that. So I got to see both. Um, it was a lot of fun. Very nice. Yes, I think I'm ready to detox from king cake and other things. So, so uh, we, I think we started a new tradition. Uh, we did go out to see the parades in the morning, and then we went bowling that afternoon. Nice. <laughs> yes, yes. You wouldn't imagine the people that were bowling, too. A lot of people you know, bowling like, on uh, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras yeah. happens, like if you have a family, it happens in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. then it kind of trails off the day. But otherwise, it was really great. Very they had a nice editorial in the paper on Mardi Gras. Oh, I, I missed that. About um, Chip Klein, our avid listener. Oh, you mean uh, he wrote a, uh, an opinion piece? Yeah. yeah, I did see that. Yeah, uh, about, you know, it's a high river right, right now. Um, uh, you know, the Mississippi River is is high. The Bonnie Carey Spillway is open. And we're going to be talking to a few guests about that. Yes. Um, but, you know, he, um, Director Klein, had a really great uh, letter to the editor about, you know, the opportunity that exists to use the river and the kind of the force of nature that it is i thought it was so eloquently written um and just you know conveyed the power that we have at our disposal yes i thought it was very nice and uh obviously nice enough to be one of the themes of our show today well and you know i am so prepared that i actually have it printed out here so it's in the advocate and i love that alicia is also coming back to up her numbers a little bit coastal restoration so definitely go online um and check it out. Um, but it, it is a great and very compelling argument for the need to use the river for restoration. Um, but yeah, we're, we're talking to a few people who have different perspectives um, and can provide information as the spillway continues to be open. Um, we'll learn a little bit more about maybe how long we expect it to be open for um, and just where folks can get information. So first up, I'm so excited to have back um, Christy Trail, Executive Director with the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches, Christy. How was your Mardi Gras? She had a bug, so I hope you're feeling better, huh, Christy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. And I echo, echo what y'all were saying about, uh, you know, detox and, and getting healthy again. <laughs> I had a great time, but definitely way too much king cake. Christy, are you, did I get this wrong? Are you in Muses? I am in music, oh. but I actually did not ride this year. Oh, okay. So does that mean you get to forego the hours and hours of decorating shoes that you you would have to do otherwise? Well, I still made some shoes just because it's still really fun to do. <laughs> um, so, But I didn't make as many as if I would have rode. But I caught some. I, went, I was able to actually go to the parade, which is something I haven't done in a very long time. And I caught some shoes. That was fun. I bet um, I had been I had not been to the parade in a very long time, and and somebody was telling us about the math on the shoes that like you know if each woman has thirty of them and there's twelve hundred riders, there's just not enough shoes for everybody, right? So on Mardi Gras day, I'll make this short. This guy next to me was like, um, all I wanted was a shoe for muses, and I didn't get one. He was like, do you know what a blow to my ego that was? Oh, no, that's so sad. <laughs> 
thought, well, it sounds like you maybe needed a little blow to your ego, but it was just really funny. So think about that when you ride next he year. He needs to up his sign game, I think, next year. Right, Probably right. so. Yeah, he's got to up his sign game. That's what I tell people all the time. Make a good sign and then I'll see you. <laughs> so wait, did they open Bonnie Carey on Muses Day? Or no, they opened it. I think it was the day before, day right? Before. Kristen, right. You were out day there. Before. She was out there bright and early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> before the sun was up, we were out there just checking things before they actually opened it. But um, yeah, thank goodness they opened it the day before because you know we got Mardi Gras business to take care of. Around here. <laughs> so you were there. I mean, I know you were on um, a lot of local news. Were were present, kind of doing interviews about the spillway and the opening. It's always kind of a a big festive event. I saw one woman has been to every spillway opening for the past thirteen years, <laughs> which was pretty incredible. That was so impressive. But so Christy, tell us a little bit. I mean, obviously for Lake Pontchartrain Basin foundation and this is something you all are, are monitoring closely um so you know tell us a little bit about this opening and, and why it's sort of unprecedented well what's so interesting about this particular opening is it's the first time that the spillway has been operated in back-to-back years it is the 13th 13th time that's been opened as you mentioned earlier but this is the first time in back-to-back years so we're interested to see what effect this freshwater inundation has on our brackish estuary. Um, You know, it's a large volume of freshwater that comes through at one time. And again, being the first time that it's back to back, we're not really sure what to expect, but we're going to be out there monitoring. And so it's been open for about a week at this point. Are they saying, um, you know, for how long they expect it to remain open? You know, the more I listen to some of the news reports, um, you know, this is some unprecedented flooding that's happening all over the United States. And the Mississippi River Valley drains 41 percent of the United States. So that's quite a bit. And, you know, if, you, if you're watching the national news, you'll see flooding is going on in Tennessee and in Ohio. And all that water is coming down through the Mississippi River. So they're saying it's going to be open quite a while, probably a month or more. So um, we also reached out to some friends at the Corps if they wanted to come give an update, and they weren't able to make it today, but they said, listen, this thing's going to be open for a few weeks, and so we'd like to come back in in a couple weeks and give another update. And so uh, just to echo what Christy said, I think think they're down for the duration. I did hear some stats that Alicia gave today, too, and I don't want to spoil her thunder, but it sounds like New Orleans is holding their own, but upriver is definitely at flood stage, so... Oh, yeah. We're seeing the effects, um, again, not not just in Louisiana, but upstream as well, all over the valley. And, Christy, y'all like sample and y'all are out there every day, right? Y'all like are, are looking for a couple of key things. Like, tell us what exactly the work that y'all do is following something like this that may be above and beyond what you do every day. So we do, um, you know, we are stewards of the lake, and so we're out there, as you mentioned, very regularly. We sample the entire perimeter of the lake every single week. Um, We have those results going back all the way to 2001. So we have lots and lots of data um, on the lake and all the changes it goes through on a regular basis. But, for example, when the spillways open, um, we publish information on our website, not only from the perimeter, but some additional samples that are collected by us and by some of the partners that we work with, such as the Corps and EPA, we're able to get all that data together. Um, we also publish biweekly hydrocoast maps. Those maps illustrate contours of salinity and other water assessments. Those can aid fishermen and regulators alike in the movement of that mixing of fresh water all throughout the basin. So, again, mounds and mounds of data, which as scientists we love. <laughs> um, and all that data can be found on our website at saveourlake.org. 
Yeah, and I mean, I guess you, you like you said, this is a repeat year, repeat opening. So, I mean, after it closes, do you see? I mean, is there a period where the lake kind of returns back to normal, or what have those trends been like um, in the past? What we've seen in the past, you know, again, it's based on the duration of the opening, but it takes about four to six months for that volume of fresh water to really flush through the lake. This one, you know, who knows how long it's going to be open, if it's 30 days, if it's 40 days, we're not really sure at this point, but we do expect the lake to be back to normal conditions within six months after it's closed. I would say by the end of the summer, it'll be back to, you know, what we're used to seeing. I like Christy's point about the back-to-back, right? You know, so that's very interesting that haven't had a chance to look at that yet either. So, And you mentioned, so you do a lot to convene or, you know, coordinate a lot of the different agencies that are working on this. So you, you mentioned a few of them, but who all are you partnering with on this effort? Well, so we're working again right now with um, the Corps and also talking with EPA, and there's several state agencies that are also out there that that also just do regular monitoring on a you know regular basis as well. But we um, would just like to get all that data conglomerated. So you know DEQ, us, the Corps of Engineers, EPA, Wildlife and Fisheries is out there monitoring the effects on marine life. So just trying to compile all that data to see what happens each time we open the spillway. You know, again, this is a unique situation because it's the first time it's been back to back. We did see some algae blooms last summer. We don't know if we're going to see any this summer, but it'll be interesting to see what the effects are with the back to back. Well, yeah, and we'll definitely have to, you know, uh, stay updated on that. And I know you'll have your Hydrocoast maps coming out as well that will show it. So, um, Christy, do you mind hanging on for one more segment? We're about to head into a break, but want to ask you about what some other stuff that's going on at um, LPBF. Sure, I'm happy to. All right, you're listening to Delta Dispatches. We'll be right back after the break. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, 
Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Laws with Restore Retreat. Christy, we have to ask you a fun question. Um, even though uh, Mardi Gras is over, what is your favorite thing to catch at a Mardi Gras parade? Ah, well, since I ride muses, I guess I can't say it's a music No, <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Although I caught one this year. So <laughs> I bet. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, this year I was a little bit biased because my son rode in a parade. He was a page in the Bacchus Parade. Oh, so nice. So watch him um, in the parade and catch some doubloons from him. So, so Billy, um, normally I don't know that I would say doubloons, but this year was really fun to catch doubloons. That's fun. Billy always wants our son to be a page in Bacchus, too, because he rode Sunday. Sunday night too so yes uh ben's like i'm not wearing tights right you know so. <laughs> in the wig in the wig what a cool experience for kids yeah though, they get to know? hang out with the king all yeah. day and all kind of stuff yeah. like that that is fun christy that is fun so uh jacques and i want to just talk about um like pontchartrain basin foundation and some other events and some things y'all have a busy spring coming up right we do. We got lots going on so you Start. have a big planting uh this Starting saturday this weekend, right yeah. in carnarvon Yes, big Saturday planting. Uh, We would love to get some volunteers out there to help us. We've got a ton of information on our Facebook page. So you can go to Facebook uh, slash Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. If you go to events, we've got a sign-up form there. Um, It's from 8 to 3.30, so plan on doing some work and burning off that king cake. Yeah, I love (laughs) it. That is a good good pitch for for that. And I think the weather's supposed to be okay during the day, right? Just get a Saturday little... should be good, right? Yes. <laughs> By well, Saturday night, maybe not so much, but we can get out there and get those trees planted. Yeah. I had a coffee with someone today, um, and she was saying that she went out and did a planting with LPBF at Carnarvon, and nice. she said it was so fun and informative, and you know, you get dirty, but you have a good time, and at the end of it, you're really like just proud of your accomplishments. That's so. very neat. It is very so, gratifying. Y'all also do a, a big spring sweep, is that right? Y'all have done that for a couple years. We do, um, and we have that coming up on March 23rd. We're going to have our annual spring sweep, which is a you know basically a giant litter pickup event all around the basin. You know, all 16 parishes. We're asking for help from neighborhood organizations and civic groups, um, leaders out there to just help us spread the word on keeping that litter out of Lake Pontchartrain and its harmful impacts to marine life and birds out there, and you know it just helps clean debris out of waterways. Um, so that's coming up on March 23rd. Again, you can get information on our website at saveourlake.org or on our Facebook page. Uh, we're Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation on Facebook. We'll have a sign-up form. You know, we're asking for groups to sign up. Uh, we'll either assign you to an area or you can let us know if there's a particular area you'll be working in. And then basically just let us know what you picked up for the day and we'll tally up all that we picked up in that one particular day. Um, and uploaded it into our database. Christy's going to get mad and make you count straw shock. That's what she <laughs> yeah. does. She makes you pick up straws and count them. But it's, I mean, it's so important, right, as, that we've seen in the past, um, you know, in terms of just flooding within the city, you know, get the trash out before it can go in the storm drains and, and, and then out into the lake and other places. So. Uh, we, I know that we've had uh, Bayou Lafouche on before and we've talked about one of their cleanups and they kind of thought like at some point 
you have cleaned everything up and it's like no no it just keeps coming they find <laughs> very well, unusual yeah they find very unusual things they found a plane tire and a bowling ball uh, yeah, like oh. an airplane tire, which is different than a car tire. Okay. So, yes. So I like. Um, it's very interesting that you catalog that, Christy. I'm I'm quite interested in how the bowling ball made it all the way down to the end. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we do collect some unusual materials, but for the most part, it's kind of the things that you mentioned. We see a lot of straws and bottle caps, um, a lot of just debris that washes through plastic bags, plastic cups, um, newspaper. And so, you know, not only do we want to keep that out of the lake and away from marine life, but as you mentioned, we want to clear those waterways to prepare for any heavy rains we might be getting this spring. And I saw um, a few weeks ago, there was a big cleanup effort in Bayou St. John with the, was it Sylvania or mm-hmm. uh, that was growing and, and they had Kayakadiak and others out there <laughs> um, doing a big kind of cleanup of, of, the, of the bayou. Yes. And I mean, kudos to the neighbors and the local leaders that live all around Bayou St. John. They really put forth a giant effort. I mean, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation was there to help. We helped get the word out. Uh, We tried to help with some of the logistics, but they had so much manpower and energy around it. I really was so impressed with what they were able to do. Get out there in kayaks, you know, use simple nets and shovels and remove that invasive species that was clogging the waterway. And that's so cool to see. I mean, obviously, Bayou St. John is such a jewel of the city and people really I mean whether they live there or just go there to kind of recreate recognize that and to see the outpouring of support for to clean up that um, you know species or invasive species was so great. Yeah it reminds me after Katrina right that people self-organized and started cleaning up City Park too right Mm -hmm. like I love that 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 neighborhood saw a problem they're like it's on us to tackle it right and they did call in some assistance and some help and that's a good story to tell here. It was. It was really it was really enlightening to see and just, you know, great coordination too, because, you know, everybody's wondering, okay, whose responsibility is this? Who owns Bayou St. John? Which are all great questions and I don't even know if I could answer those, but they were able to get everybody around the table and coordinate this massive volunteer effort and it was very effective. They removed just tons and tons of the Salvinia which had popped up in the lake and made its way into Bayou St. John and I'm gonna say they pretty much got it all out. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. there's no shortage of opportunities for folks to, to get involved and give back. So there's a new opportunity coming up this year, later in the spring. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, so we were talking a little bit about Spring Sweep, which we're really excited, coming up March 23rd. But we're going to have a new event on May 11th, and we're calling it Storm Sweep. And for that one, it will be in advance of hurricane season, which, as I'm sure you two both know, hurricane season starts on June 1st. It's so like already that event, time to talk about it. I know. We're already talking about it. So uh, on May 11th, we're going to, again, have a cleanup event all around our basin and really raise, raise awareness to folks to say, let's get all that debris out of our storm drains, our catch basins, the ditches in our front yards and in our neighborhoods and make sure all those are cleaned up of debris so that we can properly drain the area when a heavy rain comes, when a storm comes, or when the lake level goes high. So we'll use that opportunity to not only talk about, um, you know, why it's important to keep litter out of our waterways, but also why it's important to keep those clear and to have a good hurricane plan. So stay tuned for more information on that May 11th storm sweep. So no shortage of opportunities to get out um, in, in the city, you know, 
clean up, give back, and, and learn more. So saveourlake.org for those opportunities and to volunteer. Christy, before we let you go, I have to say there was an amazing uh, Fox 8 story recently about Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation's efforts on sw- swamp restoration, um, you know, by John Snell. Um, and it talked about kind of you all are tackling the, the issue by land and by air. So tell us about that piece and kind of what he covered. Yeah, thank you. We're really excited uh, to talk about that. So, you know, we've been out there doing swamp restoration and planting trees in a couple of areas throughout the basin for a couple of years. We've been very successful. Um, You know, it's a process where you just learn a lot each time you plant trees. But we've gotten to the point now where we can say 83% of our trees survive when we plant them. But going out one by one, person by person, planting those trees is very labor intensive. You know, so... We've got this event coming up this Saturday. We're super excited about it. We're going to go out there and plant a lot of trees. We'll maybe plant 200 trees, 300 trees. But when we decided to look at this a little differently and say, how are we going to access these areas that are hard to walk to, that you can't get a boat to? They also need trees. That area needs restoration. How can we get some trees there? We turned to the sky and said, let's see if we can drop some seeds. Make it rain. Make it rain. (laughs) So we we were able to get a bunch of seeds, uh, doing some work to germinate those and make sure that they sprout once they land dropped them from an airplane. Um, and so that was able to get us 4,000 trees per acre Wow! versus what we can usually do in a manual planting is 200. So now we've got 4,000 trees per acre going in from this airplane. We don't know how they'll do yet. It'll take us a couple of years to see how they survive, but we feel really optimistic about it. That's awesome. And I mean, such a great effort and a really important story about the impact you all are having. Um, and I, I mean, I've seen it just going out to Carnarvon time and time again, you know, how uh, vibrant that area looks. So another plug to get out and go plant trees this Saturday. Well, Christy, thank you so much. Um, we'll have to stay updated from you all um, as the spillway continues to be open. And a reminder, everyone can go to saveourlake.org to get more information. So thank you yeah. for being back and uh, hope you get some rest after Mardi Gras. Thank you. Y'all too. All right. We'll be right back after the break with more special guests. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. From the bottom of the Marianas Trench, this is ASPN, the American Shoreline Podcast Network. News for the pelagic-minded. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. And we're so excited to have a very special guest on who is kind enough to call in midway through the show just, you know, to say hi. Stay and, at work. Wait. Uh, I know. Just... Very kind. But we were talking about your op-ed earlier. Welcome to Delta Dispatch's avid listener and multi-time guest, Chairman Chip Klein of the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. It feels good to say that. I will say that. Hello, my friends. How are we doing today? We're doing really well. Chip, I saw that you all hosted a very 
very sweet group at the Center for River Studies <laughs> earlier. Tell us about that. We did. So we get all kind of visitors over at the LSU CPRA Center for River Studies, um, from cabinet secretaries to local elected officials to members of the general public. But today, we had the sweetest group uh, come through, and that was the Order of Nuns uh, from here in Baton Rouge, the Sisters of St. Joseph. Somebody heard and, you needed to repent. <laughs> well, you know, I think that the Mississippi River model is now fully blessed. <laughs> So I think we can proceed uh, with a full sense of urgency moving forward, knowing that we've got the big guy upstairs um, behind us. But uh, it was a great group. Um, I think that they were just as uh, pleased and in, uh, impressed with the model as we are, and uh, just thankful to have it here in Baton Rouge. Well, that, that I saw that, and I thought it was so sweet, and glad that they're there. And it just shows the cross-section of people that are engaged in this issue and care so deeply about sure. the work you're all doing. And he got to meet Boots Clune yesterday. I did. Oh my God. I, th I saw that too. You've had a busy week. Well, you know, I did know Boots was more of a celebrity than the president of Nichols uh, <laughs> himself, but it's it's my understanding that at Nichols State football games, there's a longer line to meet boot, Boots than there is to see um, President Clune. So I was very fortunate to have lunch with Boots uh, yesterday afternoon in, in Thibodeau. Um, Boots' tweet last week had 250 <laughs> likes and um, like dozens and dozens of retweets. Um, and so Dr. Kloon always says this, right? He said it on the show with us that um, Boots will not have his own Twitter account because then no one will follow Dr. Kloon. Uh -oh. <laughs> but it was great. To, uh, Chip was kind enough to come down to my alma mater and learn more about the coastal opportunities there. And uh, Dr. Kloon and his wife made a wonderful host for um, Chip and Bren and some of their staff. So we're grateful that he came down the bayou to do that. It was a good day. It was a good day. So to the topic at hand, Chip, um, you know, we certainly didn't miss the great letter to the editor that you submitted to The Advocate um, talking about the opening of the Bonnie Carey Spillway, but also talking about the opportunity that exists to, you know, channel this amazing, powerful resource that we have flown by us every, um, every day. So tell us about that. Well, I think that we uh, sometimes in this state kind of take the river for granted. And I think a lot of the, the uh, members of the public out there don't really pay attention to this until they see the Corps of Engineers start pulling these, um, the opening of the, of the spillway uh, and people react um, with concern, saying, you know, wait, what's going on here? And I think that it's important for the public to understand that over the last, you know, several thousands of years, this was actually the natural way um, of occurrence, um, that the Mississippi River literally built the land that we stand on by flooding its deltaic plain. And the power of that river now is, is channeled uh, between the levees that were constructed uh, after the flood of 1927. Um, and that's important because it allows people to live and work uh, in the areas that they do. But when we open the spillway, it, it brings to light and brings attention and focus to what we're trying to accomplish within the Coastal Master Plan to reconnect the Mississippi River to its deltaic plain. And so while people react you know, with concern and, and express caution, it's actually the natural way of doing things. And that's the process that we're trying to mimic. Uh, with the sediment diversions um, on the west bank and the east bank of the river, which are further south uh, in the river uh, than the Bonnie Carey. 
Right. And I mean, you can see it sometimes in the photography that's done when the spillway opens, but you see a lot of sediment flowing into the lake or into the spillway. And I mean, clearly the lake doesn't need all that sediment, but our wetlands do. Right. So, um, yeah, that's a very important point to make. And I think even if you look at the lake, though, you know, this is the third time in the last four years that they've had to open the spillway and the vegetation that is in. If you're going across the Bonnie Carey spillway, I mean, I would love to see a contrast from six years ago to what it looks like now. And because of that freshwater input into that estuary and into that basin, there is much more or less vegetation there now than there was probably six years ago. Additionally, I think that if you look, you know, the Corps of Engineers is the lead agency on who is responsible for opening this structure. They themselves talk about the benefits of these types of structures, not, not only from a flood control standpoint and keeping water out of people's homes and businesses, but they point to the fact that there is increased oyster production, crab production, and fisheries production in Lake Pontchartrain and Lake Bourne several years after, you know, these flood events or the opening of these spillways. So I think that there's benefits from a flood control standpoint, but then also um, the benefits to our fisheries, the benefits to our, to our wetlands, et cetera. One time we were um, down in Plaquemines Parish and uh, we were talking with the diversion expert panel that they had set up. And one of the guys we were sitting across from, uh, actually, I think Bryn was sitting next to me and we were talking about, um, you know, the work at dinner. And he just looked at us and he was like, so all these decades later, you you want control. And it was an interesting way to say that because that is what the Bonnie Carey does. It controls um, flooding and you can manage that. And we have great people like Christy and them in the lake monitoring what happens out there. Um, so there is so much that you can anticipate and control. And, and so I just thought that was such a real clear moment that it was like, yes, we, we are doing all of this to better control our outcome in our future, right? And I think that um, your written piece well captures that as a reminder that this is a teachable moment. We've had a couple over the past um, four years or so, um, but that it is always this reminder um, that it is a modern day and we can have control and we can anticipate um, and that we should carry those two lessons into the future. Could have said it better myself, Simone. <laughs> maybe, I sh- maybe I should be interviewing you here. I think we could arrange that at some point. He, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. He has turned over a Lenten leaf, and he told me I had a good idea yesterday. Okay. I mean, I don't know what's happening I, I, For the record, I did balk at it at first, but you know, after <laughs> I thought about it, I said, okay, yeah, well, i got to give credit where credit is due here. Mm-hmm. But um, but you're exactly right. I mean, these things are, I mean, if you look at the, the, the Barataria diversion and the Breton diversion, both of those structures will be controlled diversions um, to where they'll be operated when the river is high, when there, you know, is um, more than enough water and sediment coming down the river to where we can put that water and that sediment into our starving wetlands in a controlled way. But then also, as you referenced, Simone, being able to monitor and control uh, the operations regime of those to determine when they're on, when they're off, and to to look at the benefits and even some of the unintended consequences uh, of those diversions over over the next several years when they come online. So I think it's I think the the, the Bonnie Carey opening is it's a prime example, and I think it's an opportunity for real, for people to pay attention uh, to what we're trying to do within the master plan. Yeah, it, it is a, certainly a teachable moment, and I mean you see that going out to the spillway openings where you see you know sometimes. Hundreds 
hundreds of people mm-hmm. out there observing it. Like people are clearly interested in this, and I think you capture like the lady it very that well. Went to 13. Thirteen, <laughs> but you capture it well, uh, Chip, in your letter of the editor, just talking about you know the the force and power of nature and something that we take for granted, but we shouldn't really anymore. So um, that it's really a, a wonderful thing that you did that op-ed um, and are trying to get the word out there more. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And while I have, while I'm on the air, I just wanted to commend uh, Christy and the work that she does uh, at the um, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation and the in the the cleanup, particularly within the basin that she focuses on uh, in the Pontchartrain Basin. Um, and I was just listening to her comments, but today we were down in the Marpaw area. We have a project there, a Miss- another Mississippi River reintroduction in a Marpaw swamp, and there may be some areas uh, in that uh, neck of the woods that uh, Christy could focus on because there's some cleanup that could be needed in the Hope Canal and Marpaw Swamp area, but I just wanted to commend and give a shout out to the Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation for the work that they do to um, keep our 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 wetlands and our estuaries clean. He's trying to get a muses shoe. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, that's just what I need. <laughs> so we, we have to let you go, um, but we appreciate your time. I have to ask, I hear that you're a big Alabama fan, um, and I don't mean the football team. <laughs> okay, okay, let's, let's I don't, qualify yes, that, please. Yes, exactly. Please We're not talking about Roll Tide here. We're talking about the, um, you know, country, classic country band. Bearded yes. group. Yes. So what is your favorite Alabama tune, Chip? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I was when I was 13 years old, I was on this baseball team, and our theme song, really, my walk-up song, if you will, Simone, was Cheap Seats by Alabama. But if I had to pick, you know, that's the one I fall back to, but if I had to pick, it would have to be Roll On Highway, you know. That's, a, that's the only song that Simone knows, apparently, by Alabama. <laughs> when, we were, when we were on a break, and we were like, what's the fun question going to be? I'm like, I don't know. He just went to the Alabama concert, and he was in shock, was like... I don't know any Alabama songs. I'm like, I only know one. I'm more of a, a Brooks and Dunn, I guess, John Michael Montgomery. He's so full of it. Okay. Well, you do know that our new executive director, Brent Hawes, his walk-up song is it's Fancy. I know he'll never live that down. All right, never. Chip, we have to let you go, but thank you so Thanks, much. Chip. We'll be right, right back after the break. All right, bye-bye. Bye. You're on the ASPN Network. Coastal news for the pelagic minded. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. And I'm here with the belated Coastal Sad of the Week. I think we might need to move Coastal Sad of the Week into the forest I, segment. Well, I think we should just bounce it around. It's just like, happening it naturally. Just yeah, okay. a mystery of when the Coastal Sad of the Week is going We've never missed it, though. No. An unprecedented event. The opening of the Bonnie Carey Spillway marks the... Third. Third. Time the spillway has opened in the last four years. The first time in history to be opened in back-to-back years, as we discussed earlier. It is the result of the wettest winter in the Mississippi Valley in the last 124 years. Jeez. That's a long time. That's a long time. Well, and, speaking of a long time, Alicia has been on the phone <laughs> for a long time waiting I, for us. I'm so excited to have Alicia Renfro with the National Wildlife Federation. Not only is she by far our most, you know, frequent Delta Dispatches guest. But she is my go-to source on all things Bonnie Carey and all things Mississippi River and Tributaries Project. So, 
Alicia, we could have have had you on the show the whole time, but you know, we're so grateful that you stuck around and are excited to get more information about what's happening. So welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. She's a big Don Cheadle fan, by the way, too. (laughs) (laughs) Who isn't? She is also a mean tweeter. My girl knows how to tweet better than, and I love when she tweets. They're so smart and so... So That's thoughtful. what I've been doing while I've been waiting. I've been tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> Probably tweeting hate, but um, I'm serious, Alicia. I love to follow you. Um, you you share such amazing nuggets of information, and it is greatly appreciated. So, Alicia, let's get getting down to basics. Yep. Why is the spillway opening more frequently? Um, so we've had the last few years, we've had pretty wet winters. Obviously, this one, um, as you know, your fun fact there, was one of the wettest we've had in the last 124 years. And so the Mississippi River has this gigantic drainage basin. And so when you have a lot of um, rainfall happening anywhere in the basin, all that's going to collect and make its way down to us here in Louisiana. And uh, so, I mean, it's been, yeah, like wet winter. Um, mm-hmm. Is I've also heard people talk about like sediment on the bottom of the river. Is that an issue as well? Um, There's been some studies looking at um, if stage heights in the river are changing. Um, There is a change in where sediment is accumulating along the river bottom, and it particularly seems to be between the old river control structure and Baton Rouge. And so in areas like that, um, yeah, lower kind of discharges of the river, lower flows in the river can have higher stages. And um, in terms of you know, kind of opening the spillway. I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, but, you know, there's a lot of sediment that's flowing through the spillway right now, maybe into the lake. I think you did a stat once or kind of referenced the stat about how much sediment results in, uh, you know, how much sediment goes out into the spillway in the lake with each opening. What What is that number? Um, there's roughly 9 million cubic yards of sediment are deposited in the spillway every single time it's opened. And they actually have people come in and, and take some of that sediment out and use it for, you know, their yards and things. There's so much sediment going through there. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and I think Dr. John Lopez with Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation has mentioned that in some uh, instances, they've actually used some of that sediment for a little bit of restoration nearby the spillway. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. good that they're putting that to use. They are, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, we heard Chairman Klein talk a little bit about it, but um, why would now be a good time to have an open and operate a sediment diversion further down river. So when you have all this rainfall um, in the, the Mississippi River's basin, with it, you're also washing a bunch of sediment off the land. And in addition, you have all this water flowing down the river. And all the sand that gets deposited along the bottom during, like, lower river flows can also get picked up. So you just have a lot of sediment that is currently moving with the river. So if you have a diversion in place that you can open now, you're really capturing um, that maximum amount of sediment that, that the river can carry at any given time. And it's really important to not only get the sand kicked up off the bottom, but also to get all those fine sediments as well to help sustain our wellens. Mm. And I'm, I haven't checked NASA, um, you know, uh, satellite imagery yet, but I, I wonder if you can see a big plume coming off the mouth of the river or maybe even going into the lake. Unfortunately, the last few weeks, uh, our weather has not been cooperating. Oh, so there's man. been too many clouds. Come on, clouds. Come on, know, clouds. Come on. Get away. Get away. Our friends so are- I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep checking and seeing, seeing if we can see a, a good, nice plume coming out. 
Our friends at the Corps also shared some drone footage that they have been of the Bonnie Carey, which is always really interesting. I know they don't like drones to fly out there. So, but Alicia will also have, a, it sounds like a long time for it to be open. So we better have some sunny days in there with some good pictures too, right? Yeah. Yep. Fingers crossed. So, um, a lot of focus on Bonnie Carey. Obviously, it's open open right now, and will continue to be. Um, there's been some talk about Morganza spillway. Tell us a little bit about Morganza. I mean, it's not opened as frequently, and it, it's actually a bigger deal when it is open. So, tell us about that. Yeah. So the Morganza spillway is actually located probably about 50 miles or so up river from Baton Rouge. And the Morganza Spillway is opened um, when the river flowing past Baton Rouge is more than 1.5 million cubic feet per second. Right now, we're at about 1.3 and some change. Um, so it doesn't look like they're going to have to open the Morganza Spillway now. Um, but when they do, it's a pretty big deal. Um, they've only actually operated it twice. They had a partial opening back in 1973 when they were struggling to um, keep the old river control structure from washing out. And then we had another opening back in 2011. Remember that. And yeah, right. It was, and it was a really big deal to open it. Um, You can divert 600,000 cubic feet per second through the Morganza spillway. And that heads down towards the Atchafalaya that goes west towards the Atchafalaya. Yeah, I remember that um, being a big deal. We actually happened to travel in that area. And so um, that it, that's kind of where it started to be like, not that the Bonnie Carey opening was normal or anything like that, but it was like, oh, wow, they've only ever opened Morganza, um, you know, those two times, right? But then also in our part of the world, uh, Morganza actually means something different in Terrebonne and Lafourche. It's our hurricane protection mm-hmm. system, but its roots center back all the way to that. So yeah, I've always wondered about that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you mentioned Old River Control Structure. So another mm-hmm. uh, big engineering project on the river um, that's helping control the river. So tell us about, about that structure. Yeah. So the Old River Control Structure was... Um, Built because back in the 50s and 60s, the Army Corps started noticing that more and more of the Mississippi River flow was heading down its distributary channel, which is the Atchafalaya River. And the thought was eventually the Atchafalaya River would capture the major flow. And so the old river control structure was put in place to regulate how much water goes down the Atchafalaya versus how much goes down the main stem Mississippi River. And so today, um, 30% of the combined flow of the Mississippi River and the Red River goes down the Atchafalaya, and then 70% goes down the Mississippi River. And so that's a really important structure for maintaining control of the river. And when you have high flows like this, they can divert a little bit more water out into the Atchafalaya if they want. Um, and then you also have structures then like the Morganza Spillway to, to get even more water out of the Mississippi main stem. Well, that gives me a great opportunity to plug a prior episode that we had. It must have been like maybe the last spillway opening but we actually had yeah we had Alicia on but then we had um, James F. Barnett who is the author of a book Beyond Control the Mississippi River's New Channel to the Gulf of Mexico which really isn't a history of the old river control structure how it came about it talks about the 1973 flood um, where there was like some concern about the structure um, and its its stability Um, but anyway a really great read very fascinating about this piece of engineering on the river yep well, Alicia, I, I uh, we are almost out of time. I guess we have to ask you a fun question as well, though. So now that Mardi Gras is over, mm. what is your favorite uh-huh. festival or what festival are you most oh. looking forward to? 
Because we always have to be looking forward to something here in New Orleans. Uh, I think my favorite coming up is probably Bayou Boogaloo. Talking Good about Bayou St. John, right? Isn't yeah. That the, yeah. 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 That you, one, you, it's a fun one. Do you prefer to boogaloo by kayak or by, by <laughs> land? We should not ask um, Alicia how she boogaloos. That, that might be a personal question. I think question. I might try by kayak this year. I've never tried by kayak, but I think I might try. Very cool. Well, maybe we'll see you out there. Um, well, thank you so much, Dr. Alicia Renfro, staff scientist with the National Wildlife Federation. Alicia, Maybe we'll have you back on next year to talk about this again. Let's maybe let's not. I think we need we'll, a break. We'll have her on in a couple of weeks. We all know this, right? <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Another great show. Thank You'll you, Alicia. Dispatches on WGSO.